0: Teachers, welcome to the thing we do on Fridays. I'm Brother Lawson, and I'm here with Brother Wing. How are you, Brother Wing? Good, toasty warm. You look like you're a little chilly there in your office. Brother Wing's heater isn't working so well, so he's wearing a coat right now. And he's, you don't, if if you had your beard, you'd be a lot warmer, but.
1: No, you know, that was a mistake. That was a mistake. <laughs> Won't make that mistake again. <laughs>
0: Well, teachers, we're glad uh, that you joined us this week. We hope that we give you some ideas and some help as you as you're going in to Moses eight, and then the Old Testament, 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 G- Genesis chapter six uh, through eleven. You'll be you'll be in. Uh, you got a doctoral mastery today uh, a doctoral mastery day. With Abraham Dose, uh, and that will be a that'll be a good day. We'll talk about all those things and much much more today. So let's get started uh, talking about Moses eight. How we set up Moses? Say what? Well, well, first of all, brother, Wayne, what could we say for the context? You know, every time we do scripture feasting, we always want to establish uh, context with our students. That's gonna that's gonna be an, a very important part of of our scripture study each day. So. What's the context for uh, Moses chapter eight?
1: One of the most famous stories in the old Testament is Noah and the Ark, you know? And so students are super familiar with that, but what's the prequel, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like what, what comes before the Ark? Why is the Lord going to flood the earth, you know, and, and um, give me the details there. And so Moses eight is going to be great for those details. So if you're going to say, ask your students, what, what led up to the flood you know or even what's the cause of the Mm -hmm. flood you know give me the details that's where you go to Moses 8 so that would be one way to just set it up and like let's find out why this happened um at all so and then you know you might connect it to the past he's like Enoch and all the righteous got taken up (laughs) to heaven (laughs) who's left you know it's (laughs) like how's that gonna work out you know and so might be a rough crowd that was left on the earth at that point. And so but uh, Noah and his righteousness, knows good, and he's a prophet, and there's a lot of time for the people to be warned.
0: So, yeah, I, you know, it's, it's super important to, uh, to recognize and maybe point out to your students that, man, if it wasn't for Moses chapter 8, we wouldn't know a whole lot about Noah. We wouldn't even know that Noah was really working on getting trying to get the people to repent. I mean, there's that famous uh, painting that your students have seen, and uh, that's done by an LDS art, a member of our church, and and where Noah's preaching to the people. But if you if you read uh, Genesis six, it doesn't look like Noah's really doing a whole lot to get people to change. He's just building art ark and, and finding some some varmints to put on there. But the but Moses eight will really add to. Uh, to the context behind I mean Moses 8 is fantastic context for um, I like that question why, why is why is Noah building an ark if we read the Bible it'll just say uh, because it's going to rain really hard and there's people that are wicked and the Lord's going to flood the earth um, Noah the, if we read in Moses 8 Noah actually was a pretty successful missionary uh, lots of people were uh, were converted during the hundred some odd years that Noah's building the building the arcs. But the problem was I mean, so his wasn't a conversion problem, it was a retention problem. As soon as they were converted, they'd get translated and they get taken up into the, the city of Enoch. So he was a successful guy. Don't think that that Noah wasn't a, a powerful missionary.
1: So yeah, another All right. interesting thought yeah. with, it, with Moses 8 is you could ask the students to figure out kind of solve a mystery how was the flood an act of mercy? Um, and, you know, cause it might sound like ruthlessly harsh to, mm-hmm. you know, kill everybody on the planet, <laughs> um, but it's not a funny thing to laugh about, but, um, but like, how was it, how truly was it an act of mercy then after this? And, you know, the second half of Moses, hey, you start in verse 14 and they could really kind of walk through that mm-hmm. and, and figure out, that um mystery you know how it's an act of mercy so um there's a lot in there to to help out they'll notice the two to two groups of sons that might also help them further solve this as well as most importantly they can find messages for us today um within the text there
0: yeah you know um the Noah was uh I think I think it's important to recognize that uh, that Noah was I mean he's a faithful covenant keeping individual, right? And he he knows that God loves his children. He he knows about Enoch. He knows he probably knows the experience that, that Enoch had. I think when you're I think you made a very good point, uh, Brother Wing, about reminding the students. That our Heavenly Father, that that God is a loving Heavenly Father. Remember back in chapter 7 when he was weeping about these people, right? He was; These are his creations. He he loves these people. And so I think when we approach uh, the Old Testament, and you're going to read some crazy things in the Old Testament, and a lot of times people ask that question, like, the God of the Old Testament seems so different. He's not different. It's Jesus. It's the Savior of the world. But so maybe if you just remind your students to change your perspective and remember, God loves His children, and so sometimes things, if, if we look at it for face at face value, it might um, just right on the surface it might not appear to be acts of love. But if you can change your premise just a little bit, then then they can see how uh, some of the things that, that God does, all the things that God does, is because He loves His children and is working to obtain. Or helping them obtain eternal life uh, with Him. So, what else we got in uh, in chapter eight of Moses?
1: The people just had a lot of time to repent, and so there's another yeah. act of of uh, loving, merciful patience by the Lord. And they had a lot of time to repent, and they convinced themselves that they didn't need to repent. And so that's something else to note in the text to find that like their their logic, their arguments of why this was not necessary or why they didn't want to. Um, but all of it is the Genesis, the trend the Joseph Smith translation up to Genesis 6, 13. And so once you complete Moses 8, you'll then go into the second half of Genesis chapter six. Yeah. And on the story.
0: I was thinking about um Noah, you know, preaching to the people. And again, you know, it says, he was going around baptizing people, which is important to point out. It doesn't talk about baptism too often in the Old Testament, like a total of zero times. But uh, in verse 21, it's interesting, the attitude of, of the individuals that were that Noah was talking to, these, these people that he was trying to, to help, they didn't feel like there was anything that they they really needed to change. They, they said things like, in verse 21, Behold, we are the sons of God. Have we not taken up the daughters of men? So we've married outside the covenant. And are we not eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage and our wives bearing to us children and the same are mighty men? Basically, they're saying to Noah, everything's working out for us. Everything is just, everything is hunky dory. And we're not living, we're not making these covenants that you're telling us, man. We're not repenting. Why, why should we? So that might be a a good opportunity to have a good discussion uh, with your students. Why do you live the gospel if other people seem to be just getting through life just fine. uh, And so why do you make covenants? Why do you engage in, in things that are, are different than what the world is, the world is doing. Excellent. Anything, anything else? Mm, The, Teachers, I think their students will have a good time feasting in in Moses chapter eight. They'll find some good stuff. All right. So
1: yeah, go ahead. As we go on, um, it's really cool to then look at Genesis, starting at verse 14, and go into chapter seven and talk about six. Oh, go just to talk about spiritual survival.
0: Are you talking about Genesis six? Verse starting verse 14 of Genesis six.
1: Yeah. So yeah. verse 14 of Genesis six, and then go into chapter seven also. And that kind of like that, that chapter and a half and look for uh, spiritual survival, like how to survive spiritually. Like how does the, the story here kind of teach us uh, to s- survive the flood of wickedness <laughs> around us and what we can do. Then there's a lot of great things to, to see in there. You Got to
0: get an ark make an ark of gopher wood the a, another fun thing to do with genesis 6 a for scripture feasting is uh just say what if the ark how what are the similarities between the ark that noah built and the in the lord's house the temple and they might be able to find some interesting things um in comparison especially in genesis 6 of of the way that noah built the ark i won't give away all of them but uh you know he built a I'll, I'll giveaway one so he built this arc out of gopher wood and then he used pitch do you know what pitch is brother wing have you ever i learned what pitch was on my mission
1: well, I, or, I re-roofed a or i patched uh, a yeah. house the other day and i used some you know did, did you use some pitch? nails <laughs>
0: <laughs> so pitch is like tar like you maybe you've heard of the La Brea tar pits where like dinosaurs and stuff fell into somehow i'm not sure how they did on my mission, there was a uh, down in Trinidad, there was a place called Pitch Lake, and it was just this bubbling tar that would come out of, of the ground. And it's really good to, to seal, right? It really it seals the, the cracks there. So we have the we have this arc, but it's the ceiling that makes it float that keeps the 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 water outside. So you might there might be uh, some comparisons between this this arc. Uh, with the window shining in, giving revelation, give it, lighting up the, the place. I don't, I don't want to give all of them, but that's, a, that's another way you might approach uh, Scripture feasting for, for Genesis 6 and 7. Um, anything else that we got?
1: Um, yeah, this is a good time to point out the Joseph Smith translation. We haven't used Joseph Smith translation because that's oh, yeah. been in the book of Moses. But now we're going to start using this a lot. And there's a, there's a lot of really important Joseph Smith translations, uh, especially in the first half of Genesis. So kind of train your students to keep an eye out for those. And Yeah,
0: that's a good one. Uh, that's a good one to add to, our, to the study skills uh, is look for all the JSTs and just mark them in their scriptures. Go, you know, go through and mark every JST uh, down at the bottom. The they can and that because the JST is gonna I mean this is how this is how Joseph Smith learned the gospel, by the way, is by studying the Old Testament. So if you're if you're like, oh man, this is really hard. This is how the Lord decided I gotta we gotta convert Joseph Smith to the gospel here. Let's have him read the old testament. And so imagine Joseph reading these chapters and asking questions. Uh, and so there's some great revelation that that he received and we got it recorded in doctrine and covenants and in the footnotes here the the jst that don't miss the jsts at all in these in these chapters all right uh are you good on 6 and 7 you want to um what what so we got 6 oh so we you're teaching 6 through chapter 9 or halfway through chapter 9 on one of the days right so what yeah, do we so, do? what else we got
1: so you know yeah eight and nine really fun chapters <laughs> <laughs> super fun they might seem like they're not that interesting there's some details about you know getting out of the flood in chapter eight you know it might you might just kind of quiz your students about some of these details you know just skim
0: quickly skim maybe
1: yeah, you know, just like how long did the waters prevail on the earth? You know, where did the ark land? You know, right. what did Noah send out to see if the waters had abated? Mm-hmm. You know, and let him kind of walk through this. Um, but the command that God gave the Noah and his sons, the same as Adam and Eve, you know, multiply and replenish the earth. Yeah. Um, now you can talk about the rainbow uh, as well. You know, so there's some there's some details in there that might be helpful. But um, you don't want to get bogged down in that part of it. Or, by the way, the next day when you teach chapter 10 and they just kind of set up the genealogy, um, you don't want to get bogged down there because you probably want to have a good conversation about the Tower of Babel in chapter 11.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm just looking at our our schedule here. We've got uh, 10 and 11. Then the next day. Okay, so 10 and 11, we've got the Tower of Babel. Do you say Babel or do you say Babel? I say Babel. But yeah. Babel? I say, I say Babel, too. Yeah. So what's the context behind, uh, what's the context here in, with the Tower of Babel that we could share with our students before uh, we jump into these chapters?
1: Yeah, and I, I guess chapter 10, you know, it, it's just a ton of names and yeah. not, like not going to be the most inspiring chapter to read. Right. But it does kind of set up what we need to know that, you know, yeah, people went out. There's lots of groups of people out there. um, And then now you've got this situation where the people are uh, wicked, generally. Not everybody's wicked, but there are generally some wicked people. And they want to do something bad. And it's, by the way, this is super interesting to me. And I don't even know if this is true, but I want to, I just (laughs) want, this is interesting.
0: I want it to be true.
1: (laughs) <laughs> Look, yeah, I do. I kind of want to do some people have suggested. Like, why are they building this tower? You're always know, like, oh, they're trying to get to heaven. How silly is that? They can physically, like, right, get up there, you know, to where God dwells, you know, and you know, probably more so. It's like they're they think that they can um, create these temples, you know, and they don't need to do it God's way. They can do it their way to, to connect with heaven, you know. Right. It really still still evil and bad and and dumb. Here's another idea. And like verse three of chapter 11, it said, let let us go make brick and burn them thoroughly that they did. And they had brick for stone and slime that they had for mortar. You know, and um, is it possible that they were trying to build these waterproof buildings that were really tall for what reason would they want a waterproof building that was like super high up? You know? case the
0: Lord flooded the earth again?
1: Yeah. And so is it possible that they're like, and, they, and they're not reading scripture to know that the Lord had promised that this wasn't going to happen. You just look out and see a rainbow and be like, sweet, we're good, you know? But um, uh, are they trying to, and, and this is where the, all of the, the ideas about this maybe unite that whatever's going on here, They're trying to uh, avoid the consequences of sin and aside from repenting. Right. (laughs) They want to do it a different way other than repent and Mm -hmm. and rely upon Jesus Christ. They want to do it some other way. And now they're in trouble, no matter what is actually going on here. They're in trouble. And so there's the context. And so when it talks about that, these people were going to, um, you know, nothing could be restrained from them if they united on this, probably meaning that, that there's going to be no end to their sin if they go down this path of trying to do things their way instead of God's way. Right. I like
0: that. You know, I also, um, here's something else I'd like to be true. Uh, but, <laughs> but is, you know, it's interesting that God, whatever they were doing, whatever this whatever it was that they're doing he confounded their language um they and that would immediately i mean when they changed all their languages that immediately make it hard for them to be unified in their in their wickedness right uh it's been suggested before that towers in the old testament are are temples right um but we can't just decide. Like, if I'm super jealous that Brother Wing's going to live ten minutes from a temple, I can't decide. You know what I think I'll do? I'll build a temple right next to my house, just like, just like Brother Wing. And so, an unauthorized temple where there's unauthorized ordinances going down, even if they're like the same, we're performing them the same way, uh, that would not be that would not be an appropriate thing to do. And so, the Lord would confound confound their their language. So there's there's other ideas there. There's, um, I think ultimately, I think it's, it's just important to consider that these folks, I I think it's what brother wing shared about building a tower, maybe to so high that it might escape another flood. So they could, um, they could avoid consequences. I I think that's a great, I think that's a great lesson as well that can come out of there. It's just, that's an interesting kind of a strange story. You know, one, one strange story that is, that might come up uh, with your students, but it's not really part of the the curriculum that we're teaching. And maybe because it's super weird and we don't quite understand it, is this little um, this little thing back in chapter nine with Noah, right? And where he's 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 drunk and he has you know he was a husbandman, which meant you know that he he had he had wine and things like that. It's okay. Word of wisdom didn't come around till till the 1800s but um but the uh there's this there's this instance where um his sons come in and see him naked and and your students might think this is crazy what is going on here and you can say yeah it is crazy and a lot (laughs) and, and I'm not sure what's going on here I can give you about five different ideas of what's going on there and I don't know if any of them are are correct, and so that's just going to be one that we'll have to say, yeah, that it's okay that there's some things we don't understand, uh, and but there's there's scholars that have talked about those things. It's just part of acquiring spiritual knowledge, right? You want to use divinely appointed sources, see what prophets and apostles have said about about this. I kind of um, there's a few prophets and apostles that have talked about this uh, this Covering that Noah had was uh, the coat of skins that was made for, for Adam, and so we got Ham trying to steal, like to take priesthood. Uh, the that coat of skins represents priesthood, and he thought he could just take that to himself, which we know that that can't be a, a thing. But, but again, your students, if that comes up, it's okay to say, you know what, I'm not sure. There's a lot of different ideas, and uh, a lot of people have said a lot of things. But I'm not sure what that what that part means. So
1: yeah, that's that's helpful commentary there. Excellent.
0: All right, so we got Abraham. One, well, g- explain to us a little bit about about what happens next this week, Brother Wing.
1: Yeah, so I mean, for Come Follow Me, it ends with Genesis 11. When I was yeah. making the original pacing, I was you know, you got to, what are you going to prioritize keeping things in order and sequence? Are you going to put the doctrinal masteries with the content? I tried to make that happen. And that's why I kind of cheated a little bit and put Abraham one in there. Cause the, there just, wasn't enough days and space right. uh, to work with some of you uh, have a, there's a professional development day on Monday. So you're not even teaching on Monday, which in that case, we had to push Abraham one into the following week where it belongs anyway. Mm-hmm. So, and you might want to do that regardless of the situation, but, and maybe you move the Abraham three doctrinal mastery passage to this week, um, this coming week to, to fill in the space, do it however you want to. But uh, it is actually pretty good though, even though Abraham one belongs with the next week of come follow me. It's really great to make sure that you link it, whether you're, whatever week you're teaching Abraham one on link it with, Genesis 11, because the contrast is pretty awesome. I mean, think of the people here in Genesis 11, verse four. They're trying to make a name for themselves, which is really crazy, lest we be scattered. You yeah. Know? And, and it's like the total opposite. You're <laughs> going to get the consequence that they're trying to avoid. Yeah. <laughs> because they're not doing it God's way. That just seems to be what always happens. But then you're like, okay, do you want to be gathered and have a name? you know, and to be saved mm-hmm. and unite with heaven. Well, here comes Abraham, you know, to kind of tell us how that how that can happen. And so it's really great to then connect Abraham, Genesis 12, Abraham 1, like connect it with the story of the Tower of Babel.
0: Yep. That's an excellent one. I love, uh, uh, Abraham 1, I think your students will really dig, uh, especially when they get to reading about Abraham and and how he came to be who he was what he was like as a as a young guy maybe as a, even as a teenager and they'll really like uh the story of the the three gals that just stood up for what they believed in the um three virgins probably young teenage girls as well um so really helped them step into step into Abraham's life and into the life of these three girls um, in Abraham one. And and I I think your students will have a powerful experience in that, uh, in that chapter.
1: Yeah. And, you know, especially helpful is, you know, we talked about the doctrinal mastery with Abraham Mm two, you know, and you'll, you'll end up teaching that next, the the chapter next week, but the doctrinal mastery you might teach this week. Yeah. And um, that's, that's really useful to kind of talk about gathering and the Abrahamic covenant and let the students really learn from those verses, get them to read them over and over, you know, as part oh, of the what era. do you have?
0: Tell us how you did that uh, the other day in your class for the week.
1: Yeah. So when we did uh, Moses one and Moses seven eighteen, you know, we did those doctrinal masteries. I just kind of likened it to exercise and just said, let's just do a little scriptural workout here, you know, and I just was like drop down, give me 20. You know, and so read, read that passage twenty times. And so these were really twenty short. times, twenty times. Moses, but they're short. Moses one thirty nine, Moses 17. I just thought if they do it, keep going, keep going. Right. They'll accidentally memorize it. You know, every right. the time they're done, <laughs> they'll start to pick up on words. They'll, they might start to get interested in words mm-hmm. that are there that they're memorizing now. Abraham two, nine through 11, a little longer, maybe drop down, give me five or 10, you know, and just but read it enough that it starts to get into the mind more than just one superficial reading. Mm-hmm. Um, but then after they did that, I was like, hey, mark it now, mark it in your scriptures, highlight it, you know, like note this doctrinal mastery passage. And then I said, now uh, next thing to do is, okay, learn from it. So identify two things that the doctrinal mastery passage teaches, write them down. What are two things? And then we can, you know, we can talk about those things, but I also had them read the verses before it and after it. Let's get the context more of this particular doctrinal mastery passage. And then, um, then we memorized it. So I put the first letter of each word up there now with Moses one and seven, that was super easy. You might just take a portion of, of Abraham two, nine through 11 uh, take a portion of that to to memorize, and let them kind of practice memorizing that part that that seems most important. Um, and then the last thing, after we had done all of that, uh, all that work, that was kind of the first half of our lesson was like just a scriptural really CrossFit man. That's... Yeah, P ninety X. It was like <laughs> legit anyway they were they worked on it and that now that I've, I felt comfortable that my students like they've really gotten comfortable with this passage um so then I took it to the acquiring spiritual knowledge pattern um and that, those are all the things we talked about last week you know you got you can have them like it's jeopardy now you got the answer. so what are the what's the question what's the problem um or you could say hey what you you know um you could have Introduce the problems before, like what are some problems going on in the world that this passage would help with? Right. Um, But take them to that. How how would you act in faith, and how could this scripture help you to act in faith with a particular challenge or concern? Awesome. Um, And so, there's a lot of work to do to be done on one passage.
0: That's excellent. I like that. And then you're done for the week, teachers. You just you get to rest for two days until it all comes back again. So uh, any last words of of counsel and advice? I I think that uh, our teachers have, I think that's a a good start for you teachers for this week. You got anything else, Brother Wing? No. All right. All right, teachers, you get after it. Love the students. Uh, Think about them and their conversion. Worry more about them than than what you're going to say. Worry about what they're going to say and what they're going to experience in their class. You'll have a great week. All right, we love your guts. Stay righteous, everybody.